Hello, and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault, and part time capsule, as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. <laughs> How was that? Four out of ten. Is it scary? I mean, no, but I appreciate the effort. I'm Matt Bentley-Viney, and today I'm joined by my co-host and co-wife. Gemma Bentley-Viney. Does that make sense? No. It kind of does. Co-wife? Yeah, because I have a co-husband, you're a co-wife. Does that work? Doesn't that yeah. mean... I mean, it kind you're of also works. my wife if we're like co's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like to think I'm as much your wife as you are as much my husband. Okay. How are you today on this rainy Wednesday, Thursday? Thursday, isn't it? Yes. Rainy Thursday, October day. I'm all right. It's my day off. Yeah, I had a lie-in. And that's all I've done so far today. I had a lie-in and watched Goosebumps. Brilliant. And I'm doing <laughs> this. So as you may have seen, this is a Halloween-inspired episode on the build-up to the 31st of October. We decided that the next show we are going to watch, or the show we're watching today, is far too seminal and important to split it with another TV show. We thought we would watch one episode from this and then talk about the scariest episodes we had growing up with it. Yes, I think it would be a bit unfair to the other show to have to for us to talk about goosebumps and then go oh yeah and we also watched this thing yeah we ended up going down a bit of a hole though where we've watched three episodes <laughs> we're not going to talk about all three of them super in depth but um that's what we've been doing i think it's just because we were enjoying it it's like let's just go to the next one come on i will say though 40 minutes for some episodes yeah because they're split into two which was actually quite annoying i don't think they needed to be split into two but they are so 40 minutes it's a long time but before we do that, we have a little bit of admin to do here. Remember this? Admin makes it sound like it's a chore and it's not a chore. So we need to find a different word to describe going through the mailbag slash emails. It's my favourite part of the podcast. Well, exactly. So we need to find a better way of describing what well, I need to find a better way well, of we're describing just, We're going to read out some emails. Hi, I am a new listener and I'm loving the podcast. Keep up the great work. I have some suggestions. Am I High, Young Dracula, The Sarah Jane Adventures, Teletubbies, Fun Song Factory, 1994 to 1998, Ben 10, Power Rangers RPM, Doctor Who, 2005 onwards. I can't wait for you to cover Pokemon, Tracy Beaker, Hannah Montana, The Fairly Odd Parents, etc. Also, I've recently been watching a lot of shows I grew up with and they still hold up for me. Thanks for looking. Sincerely, Thomas. P.S. Have you thought about doing bonus special podcast episodes for Halloween and Christmas, covering Halloween and Christmas special episodes? Thank you for writing in, Thomas. And to answer the PS first, yes, I think we will do a lot of themed episodes moving forwards. So Gonna this is Christmas. obviously a themed episode. We've got a Halloween special coming up, released on the 31st. Christmas will definitely do something. And I'm a bit of a sucker for like Valentine's Day, Easter, you know, all the sort of made up holidays we celebrate. Don't say made up. Well, they kind of are. God, they are. They don't come from it's, it's society. It's made it up, isn't it? It's fine. I, I haven't got a problem with that. I love all of your suggestions as well. There's a few I haven't seen and a few I have seen. I like how you put Doctor Who 2005 onwards. Matt actually hasn't watched that much Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. And I've shown Matt already some of my favourite episodes. So the one with the angels and also the Vincent van Gogh one. You say you love Doctor Who, but you love a specific period of Doctor Who, don't you? Do you know what? I can appreciate. I think my favourite Doctor is David Tennant. But I feel like my Doctor is Matt Smith. Really? 
Mm, I think I preferred his episodes more, but I preferred David Tennant as the Doctor. I liked, I always get his name wrong, but Christopher Eccleston, was that who the first Doctor was, 2005? I think so. I didn't watch that. I only started watching it. was only there one it. series. I remember at school, I was in middle school, so I can't have been that old. Maybe I was about 11 or 12. Everyone came into school and they were talking about the gas mask episode where this little child, or well, I mean, I think it turned out to be an alien, was wearing like a gas mask. Oh, gas mask. Gas mask. Wait, Ga- that's like a gas, gas mask. mask. <laughs> <laughs> thought Matt was looking at me as if I was saying it weird, weird then. I wasn't. You said it fine. You said gas better. mask. And gas I'm mask. like, yeah, you can do that. You say it however you want. I mean, <laughs> gas mask, maybe don't say that in public. But yeah, the rest of it, say how you want. That, is that how I'm saying? Everyone was talking about it at school and I hadn't watched it. So from then onwards, I was like, oh, okay, I should probably give this Doctor Who a go. I don't know why. I've just, I've always found it a little bit cringe and I'm sorry <gasps> I know I'm sorry I know that's not very nice you've not probably watched it though you're just saying that as a non-viewer I think it's because as well it was forced on us in media studies all the time at school like, oh yes watch this episode of Doctor Who oh we did Why? we had to study um, that and the bill we watched a lot of the bill too oh, we had to do essays on it and I was like this why we did crime watch uh, yeah we did crime watch as and well. um yeah we did Doctor Who as well but it was um old Doctor Who what's the one the like colourful scarf guy oh really yeah we did him for our Doctor Who and I'm thinking why can't we watch now Doctor Who that'd make it easier and we watched that Will Smith film I Am Legend oh it's good I liked that film I, mean, it was... I went to the cinema to watch that I watched it in the cinema too I mean it's fine yeah I mean you cried when the dog died don't think I did yeah you did I think I cried when he spoke he was oh, begging the, the mannequin to speak to him that was more upsetting but yeah thanks for writing in Thomas we really appreciate it and to be honest, we always look forward to Gemma texts me every single day because I work from home. So she'll be texting me saying, is there any emails? And I'm always feeling better when I can say yes. Yeah. So please do email us at rememberthisquestionmark at gmail.com. That is question mark as in the word, not the symbol. And um, yeah, please do email us if you have any feedback, any thoughts, you want to say hi or any recommendations as well. Because we definitely, we've been using them a lot for our episode planning. So it helps. Gemma, would you like to introduce Goosebumps? Goosebumps is a Canadian slash American horror anthology series based on R.L. Stein's best-selling Goosebumps book series. It is an anthology of kids, preteens, and teenagers finding themselves in creepy and unusual situations, typically involving supernatural elements. There were four seasons and 74 episodes. I thought there would be more than that. If I'm honest, I felt like there was loads more, but I think maybe it was because there was a lot of part ones and part twos. I don't know. That's quite a lot of episodes. Don't you think? Because it's not like, you know, they're having to source actors, source locations. You know, each one's like a mini movie almost. Did you watch Goosebumps or read Goosebumps, Gemma, growing up? I did not read Goosebumps. I read a lot growing up. That's my favourite thing to do, was to read. But I did not read Goosebumps. My brother had the Goosebumps books and I remember looking at them and thinking, nah, you're all right. They look horrible. They were amazing. I I used to love the books. I think they were actually better than the TV shows because when you're reading, obviously your imagination, I guess it's like with any book, actually, when people watch the film adaptations, they always have a way they think things look and feel. And when it doesn't live up to that, they're slightly disappointed. I don't think there's many films that improve on the book. I'm not sure there is. But with this, I used to love the books. I loved the illustrations on the front. I thought they were horrible. So ugly and scary. I used to find them really scary. Like they used to sometimes give me nightmares. And I used to watch the TV show as well. I think it was on um, on Nickelodeon. I can't remember. I can't remember where I watched them. I think it was Nickelodeon. I think it was when we got 
more channels. Because I don't think it was on terrestrial TV. I'm not sure it was on like BBC or Channel 4 or anything like that or ITV. Do you remember when you first started watching the TV series? No, I don't, to be honest. I just remember suddenly seeing it, though. There's only a few episodes, because I looked at all the episodes that they made, and there's only a few I really remember, to be honest. And those were definitely Dead House, Say Cheese and Die, starring Ryan Gosling, and The Grandfather Clock, which gave me horrendous nightmares for a really long time. So I remember watching um, the my first Goosebumps episode really clearly because I think it was like, I remember it being quite a big thing. Like I had to like pet myself up for it. Being like, oh, I do kind of want to watch this, but oh, I'm a bit too scared. And it was the episode, I felt like it was a movie, but now rewatching them, I feel like they all feel like movies. It was a theme park. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, so it's kind of like a theme park camp sort of place where the um, family went to. And um, I'm thinking, oh, I kind of want to watch it. And and, um, family is it isn't it just two kids isn't it like siblings I thought it was a family. and they go on a ride and then they get like stuck in the world of the ride yeah oh of course cool. that one it is that one and i remember then thinking it was amazing and being really like proud of myself being like oh i wasn't scared and i've watched that goosebumps episode well if you were a kid now and you're gonna watch it you would just read the plot on wikipedia and then probably not watch it wouldn't you i'd have probably read the books well that would have made more sense it's funny isn't it how you only remember specific episodes because I was looking, I was like, oh my God, I don't remember hardly any of these. I remember, so I remember the one I just spoke about. So I have a really clear one that gave me nightmares, which was Cry of the Cat. Oh yeah. And that was one of the ones we rewatched recently. So in Cry of the Cat, it is a film within a film. So it's about these child actors and they're filming a horror film about a killer cat. I don't remember that from when I watched it. I only really remember the really scary moments. And the lead actress, um, all the children are really bratty and annoying, actually, which is more specific to this episode. I will say that I think Goosebumps did a really good job with the actors because sometimes child actors can be a little bit annoying. And I felt like in Goosebumps, the ones we've rewatched, they were all pretty good, actually. They weren't too irritating, which is good. She was like messing up her lines. The director kept making them reshoot. So she did that thing that they seem to do in all the movies, which I think is such a trope where someone goes off and like rides their bike really angrily. Wait, what? You know, like in the it's like in um, Stranger Things. It's like in Stranger Things. And there's loads of horror films where like, oh, we're going to storm off on our bikes. Oh, I thought you meant as in like in films where there's a film within a film, a kid rides <laughs> off on a bike. I was like, that is such a specific trope is it, if it is one. No, just the bike bit. She accidentally hits a cat and she sort of thinks, oh no, I don't really understand how she knows she's hit the cat because she just finds some fur in her wheel, which is a bit weird. And then she knocks on the person's house because again she just kind of goes oh the cat must live there there's a young girl there and she's like oh my mum's gonna be so angry what have you done oh no it's such a horrible cat i'm pleased you've hit it slowly the girl who's the actress starts thinking she's been haunted by this cat and she wakes up and she's covered in scratch marks she then starts eating raw fish and she just really wants to eat raw fish and she's kind of slowly starts slightly becoming a bit cat-like this is the bit that really scared me when I was younger. So she goes back to the house to speak to the owner of the cat. This goes really far complicated where it's all to do with almost like animal testing. They were testing on these cats and trying out all of these drugs. They were trying to cure the flu, weren't they? Yeah, and they were using, there's this one cat that survived and it's this killer cat called Rip. So she says, yeah, okay, you can meet my mum. So she takes her down to the basement and this woman appears from the dark. And this is what gave me nightmares was there was this woman who is kind of like Jeff Goldblum film, The Fly, where this woman comes out and she's like this deformed, frightened, 
frightening cat woman, which sounds really cool. I think it's hard to describe like, oh yeah, the scariest one was about the woman who turned into a cat. No, but it's gruesome. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not like she's got lovely fur and she's a furry. Yeah, she's not a furry. She's not like Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. It's really mutated. Like Cronenberg style. The prosthetics were amazing. And actually in all the episodes we watched, I thought prosthetics were really, really high quality, really well done. But that's what's so difficult because in horror, obviously you need to get those scares in. And when the scares are so, not gruesome, but they're very visual in the books. Like you imagine, like, oh my God, Jan, they've turned into a cat. They execute it really well where it doesn't look cheap no or tacky. not at all i think actually it would be more frightening on the tv show in the book because i think if i was trying to imagine that scene i don't think i'd imagine it as gruesome as the tv show showed it to be mm. because it is sort of you can't even imagine it was very like alien like and it was just gross to look at and i used to have so many nightmares so that was my mum <laughs> that was my like i had a recurring nightmare for a while that that happened to her and i think if i explained that to my mum she probably thought well that doesn't sound scary at all i just turned into a cat when actually like i sort of said in the tv show it's horrible but that probably is because she used to pretend to be things wasn't it like when you were young yeah she's just kind of wind me up sometimes <laughs> she, what did you, she, she wasn't dress up as or pretend to be she never dressed up as anything she would just I think she wants to just sometimes get bored. I think she just sort of think I'm just going to pretend. Actually, pretended she could only make pig noises and she couldn't speak anymore. <laughs> I was like, this isn't a fun game anymore. I had two. My scariest episode was the grandfather clock, where basically a little boy finds this grandfather clock in their home, and as it turns out, you can use it to go back in time. And he uses it to go back in time, and he wipes out his sister. I can't really remember it properly, but I think he wipes out himself in the end. Yeah. And I don't know why it used to really, really well, scare me. The ending of this. So the ending. I don't know why you were scared of this because you are the older sibling and you didn't have a little sister. Whereas as a little sister, I should watch this one and be terrified. His little sister is really annoying, keeps ruining things. Now ruins his birthday party. That was. I really remember that. Yeah, that used to really scare me. I don't know why it was the clock. It wasn't really the time travel aspect or anything like that. I just used to find the clock really scary. And it was like a cuckoo clock. It's a grandfather clock, wasn't it? A grandfather cuckoo clock. But then my favourite book, and we rewatched this recently, was starring a very young pubescent Ryan Gosling. Who speaks exactly the same. <laughs> plays the same role. I'd actually say he was the least talented of the three actors in it. He, he was awful. He was really bad considering... I, I love Ryan Gosling. This is coming from a you staunch know, fan yeah so i was quite surprised to be like oh it's not that good in it the episode was say cheese and die which the concept is ryan finds this camera in a disused basement as i've noticed with goosebumps there's a lot of finding stuff in scary abandoned places yeah, just don't take things don't steal things kids that aren't yeah. yours from creepy looking deserted places and then the camera, basically, you take a photo of it and it's like a Polaroid and it predicts what's going to happen. It's always something really horrible. So he takes a photo of his family and they're all skeletons. And that was the cover of the book. And I really remember that. I think my brother had that one, actually. I seem to, I remember that as well. It was really good. And then there was Monster Blood was a really good one as well. I used to love Monster Blood. What happened to Monster Blood? It was basically like, you know, Flubber. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was like goo, and then if it got out, it would just eat everything and everyone. What? I know there's that sponge one, isn't there? Isn't there one about a killer sponge? Yes, there is. But about beneath the like sink, and it's a sponge. And do you remember Stay Out of the Basement, where it's a? I think it's their mum is a scientist, and in the basement, she's become like a vine woman. That's ridiculous. What? So you she's know, like with... poison ivy yeah. almost. Yeah, it's horrible. Do you again? See, when you say that, it doesn't sound scary, but I know from the cat cry of the cat, it is exactly. I never found the theme park one that scary, but maybe I did that's find. That's why it was fine. <laughs> gone what was cool, but there was one when they go to a camp and there's like maybe it's Camp Werewolf or something like that, and that was a really scary one. And it's two parter. Goosebumps was great. I loved Goosebumps. It's basically like an anthology series. It's wasn't like the it? Twilight Zone, basically, yeah. which is me and Matt absolutely loved the Twilight Zone. Oh it's... my god, yeah, it's the Twilight Zone for kids. Yeah, with a horror edge to it. And I like that still we've got like the likes of Black Mirror and Inside Number Nine, which are also two of our favourite shows, kind of carrying that legacy on and are still inspired by that sort of mini movies with twists and kind of slight sinister undertones. Oh, you do love a bloody good twist, don't you? I do like a twist. Yeah, you're right. They, they do carry it on. And we need to watch the new Twilight Zone, actually. But the episode we decided to watch for this episode of Remember This is supposedly the scariest episode of the whole series but we should do a little side note because this is part two of it this is the sequel so we couldn't find the original episode anywhere not on netflix not on youtube literally anywhere i think it's only on vhs and i don't have a vhs player anymore if you remember the original let us know what it's like i remember it in my head i think there's probably a few things that are different Mm. but the episode we watched is called the haunted mask two and did you watch this one gem do you remember it I feel like I do kind of recall it, but I'm not entirely sure. It is the same actor from the Grandfather Clock episode as well, which I quite like. It's all kind of in the same town, I guess. Well, that and I think it's nice that there's a family feel to the Goosebumps cast and crew, I guess. Yeah. They're all in it together. I will say what I I didn't like is so R.L. Stein actually introduces and ends the episodes. He did on this one, but I don't think he does normally because in the other ones we watched in series one. He did one of them. It was just the like the theme tune because this one didn't have the theme tune. Ah. Yeah, I think when they have the theme tune, they just leave it at that. Theme tune. Oh, it's a 10 out of 10. It is. It? it is a 10 out of 10. Like, and the actual title sequence as well. The theme tune's amazing and the sequence is really good. And we have also recently watched the Goosebumps film with Jack Black in it. I do kind of like, because I forgot that it was in the theme tune. So the concept of the um, Jack Black movie of um, Goosebumps is, because books are all locked. Because if you open the books, all the um, stories come to life and come out of the book. And that actually happens in the opening credits. I didn't realise that in the theme song, it's all about this guy and he's carrying his briefcase and he looks all sinister and the briefcase blows open and all the stories and like notes and scripts fall out. And then that's kind of how they get out into the world. Oh my God, yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's where they got that idea from. And the film was good, but it should have been scarier. It wasn't as creepy, like the tone of it. It was more of a like family adventure film, wasn't it? It was more fun, like Jumanji. Yeah. It should have been scarier because the TV series, we watched three or four episodes recently. They go for it. It's meant to be creepy. They have a few little laughs, but it's meant to be scary. Their aim is to scare children. They definitely did that. Also, what I do kind of like about the whole 
concept of the books being locked and if you open them I still feel that today in the sense that I think now everything's on Netflix and Amazon I feel a lot better about it but even like a couple of years ago if, you know you bought a horror film on DVD I'm um, once we've watched it the DVD needs to go back the new DVD needs to go in this case it's go back on the shelf we can't have it lying about do you remember that time when I brought back I found a random horror film and it was like a uh, Spanish and oh you, yeah and, and you, I refused to watch it yeah you did that isn't didn't, uh, I think someone sent that in didn't they I think someone sent it to Marcus I think someone sent it to Marcus <laughs> and I thought yeah I wouldn't mind watching that so I need to go I technically borrowed it but I never had an intention to give it back did you uh, give it back no I've still got it uh, have, you, have you watched it uh, no. Oh, I know. Matt was like, oh, let's watch this. It, got it was this. called Oculus. Oh, no. That really makes me feel a bit So funny. sorry to the person who sent it to Marcus. Marcus didn't really know. I just kind of took it. You just stole. I mean, if Marcus <laughs> is listening to this, then uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it back to you at some point. Oh, no, that that makes me quite scared. I, w- I remember that, actually, that when you took that home. And I was like, I'm not watching that. Well, do you know what I remember? Um, so when um, we were younger, I used to work at a shop and it was opposite a fish and chip shop and the fish and chip shop at the time used to sell these dvds that were obviously came with a magazine subscription for like b movies the owner obviously was subscribed to kind of those oh my god yeah, that's where he got them wasn't it yeah that's where he got them they were sub- so they were free dvds they weren't meant to be sold do you know what i found funny though they're always in the window it's like this is a fish and chip shop and you've got these random films these dvds just stood up in the window and it was like 50p for a dvd i thought it was amazing they would go there i'd get our fish and chips i'd finish my shift go get my chips pick up a dvd to watch with my you know takeaway i think it's perfect because blockbusters had gone by this point mm. so i think yeah that's you know you go you get your takeaway and you get your movie night and they we were watched hilarious films they, snakes awful. with a capital no, in block capitals yeah snakes yeah and it was um about a giant killer snake we had another one that was a bit weird though because it just kind of halfway went into porn yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and we were like wait what that was fun times actually i used to enjoy seeing what the fish and chip man had in there yeah so the opening sequence obviously the theme song's amazing there'd be a good pub quiz though if they played that like guess the theme song and it was that oh it's too easy isn't it everyone will know that i don't think they would you know do you not think i oh. think they should just play the end bit and say viewer beware you're in for a scare and I oh is that what it that. says yeah oh I haven't noticed that that's quite cool I mean, that's what it no. says at the end I always remember the most of the dog going but yeah in this, so in this special episode we did have R.L. Stein actually introduce it in the ending though he just took a bite out of like some Halloween candy and oh cream my favourite no is it, is it is that what he said you're doing him a disservice because that makes him sound like a sex offender <laughs> what did he no, say he said cream filling my favourite Still weird. Cream filling. Still weird. I agree. And he bites into it in quite a seductive way. I don't think he's trying to be seductive, but I'm thinking that's not relevant. At least like make like, I don't know, it wasn't a joke. I think it was just meant to be like a smug little remark. Like, oh, that was scary, wasn't it? I'm going to have some Halloween candy. Yeah, I don't know though. I don't really know what they were going for. Also, in this episode, children get to stay out really late. They're like, oh yeah, be back by midnight. And then when they came in, they all had hot chocolate and everyone was just like, the parents were all still in their normal clothes. And I was like, well, it must be one in the morning by this time. And the mum was just like, oh yeah, I'll put some hot chocolate on. The Haunted Mask 2. To give you a very brief summary of one, in case you haven't seen the original, a girl called Carly Beth, which, is that a real name? It's a bit of a mouthful. Carly Beth. Yeah. I thought her name was just Beth. No, it's Carly Beth. Thought her friend was Carly and she was Beth. No, Carly (laughs) Beth is her name because they were like, oh, come on, Carly Beth. So I mean, it was quite a mouthful. So she gets a Halloween mask and she kind of goes into this dodgy shop, puts it on, realises she can't take it off and it was really scary. Turns out that was kind of hinted at 
demonic stuff going on with it. She manages to get it off and she buries it in the ground. And yes. that's where they leave it and in the first episode. Get it off. So the way it sticks to you is if you put your mask on three times, it then won't come off. And to get it off, you have to look at something of love. So her mum had made a doll of her head. A bit weird. Looking at that doll. It was a, a mask, head, a wasn't mu- it? It was like a head sculpture of her own head made the mask come off because it was of love. Yeah, an act of love. Yeah. It's a year on. It's Halloween. And this time we focus on the two boys. So that was about two girls who were friends. This is two boys. And the, but they were all friends. They're from the same friendship circle yes. of the first. Yeah, part. because in the first one, Carly Beth is trying to scare Steve because he's being a little dweeb. And in this one now, Steve is jealous of how scary Carly Beth was last year. And he's bugging her, trying to find out where she got the mask. So a child called Steve sounds really weird. <laughs> My dad's called Steve. He was a child once. I know, but I've, I've not, I didn't know him when he was a child. I only know him as adult Steve. I used to know Steve. I used to work with a Steve. Same age as me. I don't think I ever had. There was no Steves in my class. If you're a young Steve, let us know. Steve is bully, not bullying, but like, what's they call it? Horse fighting. No, not horse, horse fighting. fighting. Horse play. He's doing like fun horse play with the girls where he's taken the sculpture thing that the mum's made for Carly Beth and he's chucking it to his mate. And a, a Steve doesn't find out. He doesn't find out where she got the mask. She refuses to tell him and it's left at that. And so, oh. so he's really annoyed because his mum's going to make him dress as a pirate again. And this time she's actually made him a little parrot to go on his shoulder. That's I mean, cute. that is, it's quite lame, isn't it? Oh, It's very lame. Also, he, he I, must be like 15, maybe 14, I think 15. he's a bit younger, but they did actually have a really nice conversation in it with him and his friend where he was sort of saying he really wants to make this Halloween amazing. He needs to be as scariest as he can be because they're starting to get a little bit too old for Halloween now. So it might be the last time they can get away with dressing up and going trick-or-treating and um, really fully getting all of the enjoyment they can out of Halloween. While we're talking about costumes, Gemma, what was your best costume growing up? I won a competition. Oh, bloody hell. Thanks. As uh, Morticia Adams. That's a cool character to go as. Yeah. I do like that I loved you. the Adams family growing up. I've just realised I'm a hypocrite. I very recently, because I was going through Facebook trying to find old photos of me in Halloween costumes, and one of them I went as a pirate. I went as Jack Sparrow. No, you didn't. I pretty much did. So you've just made fun of him for being like, oh, that's well cringy going and as I was a like parrot. 19. Pa- parrot? I said parrot. <laughs> I didn't have a parrot. I didn't have a little parrot on my shoulder. But yeah, oh, I, I had a little bandana and I had some stuff. I looked like a cross between something out of the mummy and a pirate. I mean, pirates just aren't very Halloween-y. No, I know. We watched The Joker last night and uh, his suit at the end is my favourite Joker suit of all Jokers. Looked very expensive, which kind of was a bit not in keeping but it was this beautiful like orange wool suit with a silk like kind of turquoise shirt underneath i'd wear that it's a shame isn't it because i used to waistcoat i used to really like when you go on a night out on halloween seeing everyone what they're all dressed as yeah and it was always nice you'd get the odd joker here or there and you'd be like oh that's a really cool well done you've smashed that this year everyone's going to be the joker aren't they well, no, it was last year, wasn't it? It was everyone's Harlequin. And... Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Every year, year before that, when Trump got elected, everyone was going as like zombie Trump. The last time I went on a night out on Halloween, ev- um, lots of Jimmy Savills. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, brilliant. And there's always someone who does Human Centipede. Oh, That's no, that makes one. me feel really sick. That's the one horror film I'll never, ever, 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 ever watch. And I then, just watched the trailer and that made me feel sick and have nightmares. It was funny because I saw we went to a friend's place for Halloween a couple of years ago 
and everyone was dressed up apart from us. Although I had, I looked a bit like I was trying to go for Jack Torrance in The Shining. No, we'd been out. We just literally had got back from watching Cats the Musical in the West End. <laughs> Why are we watching Cats the Musical on tickets. Halloween? Well, we forgot as well. You bought me tickets. And obviously Cats the Musical, you know, Cats, Halloweening. But we kind of forgot it was Halloween. And when we went there, everyone was dressed up as cats. That was amazing. I love seeing everyone dressed up as cats, to be fair. We should have dressed up as cats. Yeah, we should, we should have at least done whiskers. Yeah. And one year I went as Dracula. I remember that vividly. Do you mean I'd, a vampire I'd... or did, was it Dracula? No, it was a, it was a vampire. Because I looked like the little vampire. Because when I was oh. young, I had the spiky hair and everything. I had little. No, I literally no, looked like the little vampire. Did not look like. Are you getting mixed up? Because you don't look anything like the little vampire, but you look a lot like that annoying little boy from Stuart Little, <laughs> who was also in the little vampire. Was that who you were getting mixed oh, up with? Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> no, but doesn't he? He no. ends up being a little vampire. So no, he's not. He? The little vampire is actually very cool. No, but I swear he—you see him dressed up as a vampire. Yeah, he's yeah, but he's a boy dressing up as a vampire. He's <laughs> not a vampire. So you went up as a boy dressing up as a vampire. You were not the little vampire. So back to the haunted mask. And we have to say the mask looks incredible because they show clips from the first episode, and the mask is amazing. It is incredibly oh is it a bit like star trekky i would say it's very stan winston it look it's who was a really good prosthetic kind of designer and stuff he did alien and things like that i think he did if i got that wrong sorry but he did like lots of classic films in the 80s and 90s and stuff and i thought the mask looked like it it just looked expensive it It looked, looked brilliant genuinely it does look scary in the sense that you could put that mask in a horror film of today and it would still be like okay that's a really creepy mask Mm, it's hard to describe what it looks like it's kind of deformed a bit like something from american horror story what we might do is on our instagram highlights we might actually start using clips and some images as well from the episode so you can see it as well so if you want to have a quick look like oh what are they actually talking about i want to see what it looks like you can head over to our instagrams and where's that gem can you link them yeah, in the I show can. notes we'll yes. link them in the show notes and that's something we might start doing because i know we might be doing a few more obscure shows where you might not be able to automatically visualize them the worst thing in the whole episode happens now and you have to just get over it because it is crap it's rubbish so basically she had buried the mask in the original haunted mask and now in the sequel the mask manages to leave the grave it was kind of buried in and it floats via the magic of cgi it looks awful yeah that bit it looks horrendous it looks really cheap that was the uh, that was the only moment where me and matt both like looked at each other like what are they doing it just didn't look very good and the mask floats back to the mask maker is there a better word than mask maker mask designer creator does he just own the shop that they sell He, he had a novelty shop yeah, that he, closed had a, down. he had a novelty shop that sold masks and he was in the process of destroying all his masks. I think he realized how evil they are. And this particular mask managed to float back and attach itself to the guy's face. A bit like a face hugger in Alien. He's like marauding around the town as the person. Yes. So basically this mask, when it gets on people, it changes them. Yes, it controls them. Con- yes, exactly. It controls them. The original mask and its creator are stalking the streets. It's outside the school. And then Steve, who's still on the lookout for the scariest mask of all time for his potentially last Halloween where he can get away with dressing up for a few years, sees it and he's like, that is amazing. So he runs after it shouting, where did you get it? Where did you get it? Where did you buy a mask from? It 
quickly points in the direction of an old shop and then runs away and disappears. There's a slight logic thing here because the this is a full grown man, obviously, and he's literally in the woods, like in the bushes. Steve sees him and just follows him. That happens a lot, though, throughout this whole episode. Like when Steve tries to scare his mate when he's wearing the mask, he's like, Psst, come here, come here. Yeah. And I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go, oh, something creepy is calling me in the bush. I'm going to go check that out. I'd absolutely not. Kids are curious, but they're also terrified of everything. Well, maybe it's us. Maybe it's that's how snowflakey we are these days. I was quite cautious. I'd say I was quite a cautious child. I remember not wanting to do roly-polies because I thought I could break my neck. Roly-polies. <laughs> Roly-poly. Um, a forward roll. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you have to call them, don't you, to get away from that. Roly-poly or... I say roly... What do I say? Roly-poly. Roly-poly. No, it is a roly-poly. Sorry, Gem. Yeah, forward roll. I remember being really young and our PE teacher trying to teach us to do them. And I was like, nah, I've, my mum told me my head's delicate. Oh, are you being serious? <laughs> You're going to hurt you, your head. Are you being serious? You didn't do roly-polies? <laughs> I don't think I could. No, I didn't Why? like it. Why? What if I break my neck and Why? die? How would you break your neck and I die? I don't know. It looks... Because you're putting your head like underneath your body and you're like pushing... You put a bit of weight on it. Yeah, but I don't think a school would be telling you to do it if there was any risk at all of you causing severe damage. I didn't trust my teachers. So I was like, absolutely not. And I'm thinking, nope, break my neck and die. I'm all right, thanks. I'm not going to risk that to do a forward roll for my PE teacher when I'm like five. So Steve goes to the shop led by the masked man and he sees it's abandoned does he even take his friend back there no his friend runs with him oh yeah his friend's running with sorry i mean we are just forgetting about the friend but he doesn't really add that much oh leave him alone he was quite funny dressed up as a gangster did a little gangster accent it was great so, <laughs> so the friend goes with him into the shop and the friend's scared he's like, oh my god no we need to leave this is horrible would you stay or would you leave I wouldn't go in. It's yeah, an abandoned think... shop. Why would you go in? I think I'd go in, but then leave quite quickly. The scariest thing I did, I went with a friend and we went to an abandoned, do you remember the Dormy Hotel? Yeah. We went in there. It basically was just a hotel where we lived and it was abandoned. It was a beautiful hotel. It, it was, was really, really nice. Shame when that went. But they let it overgrow and everything. And it was kind of like guarded by fences I think you couldn't get in but we found a place where you can went in there I was absolutely brooking it the whole time I hated How old were you? 15, 16 alright because I feel like we did that a couple of times as well and it was really scary and then we heard dogs barking so it was like security dogs and we ran away no, I absolutely would not stay in there. And then Steve even goes to the lower, like the basement where all the masks are. I wouldn't do that. So the friend ditches him. Fair enough. And Steve goes down and finds a new mask, which is like an old man mask. And it's got spiders on it. And it's just really gross. And he thinks, perfect. This is going to be the scariest thing for Halloween. So he takes it and takes it home with him. And when he gets home... He puts it on and it fits like a glove. Like it almost has this little mechanism where it kind of tightens so it looks real. It kind of makes like a suction noise when he puts it on. It kind of like molds itself to your face. And it is really horrible. It, like looks, it looks amazing. It looks like the witches from the Roald Dahl movie, if yes. you've seen that. Do you think this was a small person in a mask or do you think they got the, the kid to wear the mask? <gasps> oh, I hadn't thought of that. Do you know the answer to this? No, I don't. Oh, I don't know. That, I think I, it's a small person in, in the mask because I think it's a health and safety thing to have a kid wearing something like that for hours on end. Because you never see, because obviously the mask on, you don't see the hair. You just, he's in the same outfit. Yeah, I just assumed it was him. Movie magic. And he loves it. And his voice has gone a bit creepy. And he's like, oh my God, this is the scariest thing ever. Also, random side note, there's a 
Courtney Love poster looking very sexy in his room. Yeah, he's a Courtney Love fan and a Jimi Hendrix fan. Yeah. Is he a bit young to have that sort of stuff on his room? We don't know how old he is. True. They do school years differently in America. So it was like, well, he's young, 13. Yeah, maybe. He meets up with his friend again and shows him the mask and he thinks it looks incredible. The friend is very creeped out because Steve keeps doing this voice where he's like, hello, what do you mean, Steve? And it is quite scary, to be Mm. fair. And the friend is even getting frustrated being like, can you just stop doing that voice? And Steve doesn't realise that it's making his voice go creepy. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't understand. Then they have an argument. So Steve goes off and is scaring all the children, stealing sweets, causing havoc. And his friend is like, can you stop now? You cut out. This isn't funny. You're acting ridiculous. Steve sort of says back to him, you know, I don't need you. You're embarrassing me. You're weak. And his friend then storms off. And then there's these side effects. All of a sudden he feels really weak and he just needs sugar. He Mm. needs water. So he's trying to eat all of these like sweets and food. And then he's like going off trying to find water and trying to get help. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, I need energy. So he's running around trying to get someone to help him, give him water. And then he sees himself in a reflection and sees the spiders all over him that are moving and then freaks out because there's still a little bit of Steve there so he's trying to get off these spiders freaking out thinking oh this is horrible and sort of tries to get the mask off but he can't get it off and this is where Carly Beth comes in because Steve's mate comes up to her and says I'm really worried about Steve he needs help he's got a mask and he's taken it from that place where she got the original mask they're like right we need to fix this how many times has he put it on and the friend doesn't know but we know as the audience that he's put it on three times and now he's literally turning into a hunchbacky old man and no one wants to talk to him or see him because he's terrifying we then cut back to steve he sees some children he's like please help me help me help me just get the mask off and you can see they're all quite distressed and the children are distressed and then the child kind of goes yeah okay i'll help you and he's like i can't get your i can't get it off there's no line oh yeah that was really scary actually it was horrible and then steve's like no no look, look underneath my shirt look underneath my shirt there's a line and then the young kid moves the shirt and he's like there isn't a line that's your face then you see him freak out so steve's then obviously getting really distressed and then he looks down at his hands and his hands start almost like bubbling and then they become an old man's hands and his face starts bubbling as well and starts like moving and shifting a bit as it becomes more and more him. The original mask man speaks to him and says, the only way you can have your face back is if you destroy Carly Beth's weird sculpture thing. <laughs> Which is like, okay, fair enough. It's a bit convoluted and it definitely didn't need to be 40 minutes, did it? It went quite quickly, I would say. The first 20 minutes for me flew by. Yes. And then after that, I was a bit like, okay... So Steve then goes to Carly Beth's house and speaks to the mum and, I mean, manages to sell it to the mum that he just needs help. Can you please let me in? I need a glass of water and stuff like that. And her being the the nice human being she is, lets him in. Not sure if I would let them in. I don't think I would either, if I'm honest. But Steve manages to get the sculpture and leaves, goes to the graveyard and is ready to take his face back by sacrificing Carly Beth's safety and security. Well, her face. Yes. In the meantime, Carly, Beth and her the two friends are still looking for Steve and then realise the only place they haven't looked is the graveyard. So they head over there and she notices the hole in the ground where she buried the original mask is no longer there. So she starts freaking out. And her friend was also there in the original episode and knew what happened. She knew what happened. She believes what happens. So they're really starting to freak out, but they know they must stay strong and they need to find Steve. Steve's in trouble. They need to find Steve. They head into the graveyard and then they are jumped on by the original mask. What's the 
just very quickly and briefly, what's the weirdest thing you've ever got from trick-or-treating? I don't think I've ever got any. I remember one time being really excited because I got a Ferrari Rocher. Oh my God, that is, you're lucky. We were like, oh wow, we got the fancy suite. That's amazing. I think it's because it was like a posh, slightly old couple who didn't buy in like Halloween sweets. But they're like, oh, but we have these in for our Saturday night TV watching. You can have one of these. We went to, I think they must have been like Jehovah's Witnesses or <gasps> some kind of religious. You can't knock on their doors. They don't believe in Halloween. I, I know, but we did. And they gave us um, a travel-sized uh, toothpaste. Oh, they gave you something. That's really nice. It's quite sweet. Did think they had them, though, in a passive-aggressive way? Like, because obviously sweets ruin your teeth. So did they just have loads of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. That might have been their way uh, of being like... Yeah, we don't like Halloween. Yeah, um, could be. Oh, but no, you shouldn't have. If you knew they were Jehovah's Witnesses, I you know. shouldn't have knocked on their well, door. I don't know if they were Jehovah's Witnesses, but yeah. they were uh, religious and didn't believe in it. Yeah, my mum always told me which houses I should knock on. If, if they don't have pumpkins outside and stuff like that, then you shouldn't knock. It's weird that we just go to strangers' houses and be like, hello. Yeah, I don't see many people actually... I've not seen people trick-or-treating in years. Uh-huh. I was quite sad in the sense that when um, me and Matt moved in together, I mean, we're st- we'll probably still do it this year. I'd always, I mean, it's bittersweet because I'd always buy loads of chocolate and thinking, well, you never know. <laughs> and then no one ever does turn up. So I get to keep all the chocolate. But no one ever trick-or-treats. And I was well, like, we have oh. got neighbours who have kids. So I'm ha- hoping we met, might this we year. We didn't last year, but maybe this year. Maybe should we buy like a spooky decoration to hang on our door so they know that we... Yes, that we're participating that we would we have also sweets. what i've realized as well is that like you think about people doing trick-or-treating it's like late at night they do it at like five o'clock in the afternoon i'm at work they do it when it just gets dark which makes sense obviously because it's like parents having to do it and then you gotta get back and do dinner and also and they're really young children yeah oh and they always look quite cute and i'm like well oh. i'll be a bit i wouldn't like it if like a 16 year old came around i'd be like uh oh we want? used to have people come to ours every year and they were really old and then they started they came on easter and just had like bunny ears on and they're like happy easter and my mom was like this isn't how it works <laughs> <laughs> and they would come and they'd just have like a screen mask on they'd have made no effort they'd oh, be like trick or treat and my mom would be a bit scary. like oh okay i remember them they used to come a few times basically they find him He's with the mask man and he's just about to destroy. No, he does. He destroys the sculpture. Yeah. He makes a decision and just destroys the weird sculpture thing. That So Carly Beth's yeah. like, oh my God, what have you done? But then at the last minute, Steve sacrifices himself and jumps in front of the mask to stop Carly Beth being possessed by the mask, which then breaks the curse. So the old man turns into Steve again and the mask man turns back into the mask, you know, like the yeah, creator yeah. person, yeah. the owner. Yeah, it's like they live happily ever after. Yeah, they sort of say because of Steve's act of love, it killed the curse. And they decide to go back to Carly Beth's and they got a nice like roasting fire going it's very cozy yeah it's lovely and like you said it must be like half 12 at night it's quite late and uh, the dog's up and they're all having sweets and they decide once the mum leaves the room that they're gonna burn the masks and they do so and then leave the room one make sure you've burnt it if you're gonna do it like it's such a don't rookie do it mistake quickly. don't do it in your house but it's such a rookie mistake if you're gonna do it like make sure you go yeah. the whole way through and then once the mask escapes but then the little dog sees it and starts yeah, the dog Bury, buries it buries outside. It. Yeah. Dogs are brilliant, aren't they? So Gemma, what did you think of the haunted mask? 
good actually scary um i like that it was true to itself in the sense that goosebumps wants to be frightening it wants to scare kids it does that very very well it doesn't do that whole oh wait it's actually not frightening it is like no we're gonna be horror and supernatural and they are the best in the business at it really yeah i echo what you just said i completely agree the masks were really scary the kid acting was good because normally i hate child actors but they were really good they were just very believable it wasn't over the top and it wasn't cringy or anything like that it was all played real and then the few little quips and jokes that were there were funny and I felt like it wasn't that a lot of the time when they are focused in like high schools, it can get too obsessed with like the jocks and the cheerleads and mm. try and get all of these stereotypes into there where it very much was just like these are normal children who speak in normal childlike ways. They have a sister, they have a mum and dad, their parents and siblings are normally always in it. They're a bit embarrassed by this and they're a bit worried about that. But when they focus on the whole concept of something that's scary, it takes away a any of those things that could almost date it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So I really like how they did that. I think that obviously some hits and misses when we watched the Ryan Gosling one, Say Cheese and Die. I don't think it was as good as this episode that we just watched. Yeah, but the same with the um, the cat, the curse of the cat as well. It was a bit long. And I think the curse of the cat one, they overcomplicated a bit where it was like, it was a film within a film. It's about child actors. It's about like experimenting on animals and it's about all two different families. It was just over, it was just too complicated. Whereas actually a simple horror story that has a little bit of a twist to it, they do really, really well. I mean, this was fine that it was two parts, but I definitely preferred the just one 20 minute episode. It's all wrapped up with maybe a bit of a twist or something like that. I much prefer those episodes. And I did then, I do now, to be honest. And I think it's a really great introduction to the horror genre to children as the horror genre does have some really um, amazing cinematic films. I feel as if horror is one of those genres where it's either amazing or it's absolute garbage. I don't feel like there's much in between. Yeah, but I do feel like it is often overlooked as a genre. You know, horror films don't win the awards. No, but they make a lot of money. They do make a lot of money. And if you look at kind of the most profitable films of all time, Paranormal Activity, Mm -hmm. Blair Witch Project, they're these films that have been made for nothing. Saw. Oh, they're made for hardly anything and then because they pique people's interests they they make a bucket load well i think people are intrigued by horror and that's what got me to watch my first episode of goosebumps when i was younger and also that got me to watch my first episode of doctor who was it is when everyone's saying oh have you seen that oh wasn't it frightening last Mm. night oh it was so scary and to see children and adults actually to say what scares them because i remember especially with the doctor who one a lot of it was a slightly more um kind of chavvy older boys in in the the class they were like oh yeah it was so frightening last night doctor who and it was just a bit like wait what so it it shows people's vulnerabilities when they sort of say oh yeah I, I watched this film and it's really frightening and you're then intrigued to see what they find frightening to see if you also yeah, find it true. frightening and I think that's why they do end up being successful especially on DVD releases and in the cinema well I think there's something about the human condition where we're fascinated with what scares us like one of my favorite things are tornadoes I am terrified of them but you know I've been away before and there's been tornado warnings and stuff and I'll be like absolutely bricking it but doesn't mean I don't find them fascinating they're they're incredible i think with horror films it's the same sort of principle isn't it you're right it's interesting to see what other people find scary will i be scared by it and there's something as well that's so almost traditional in a way where you get cozied in for a night of horror yeah you got your snacks you turn the lights off you get all ready to be scared my mate's birthday every year it was one of my favorite or everyone's favorites because what we would do is play in the evening 
And then at midnight, we would watch three different horror films. Oh, really? And we always used to do an all-nighter. So we'd have like pizza, sweets. And it was really funny because I think everyone's parents used to get so annoyed because it'd be like a two-day hangover before we had alcohol, if you know what I mean. Because we'd be so tired. We'd get picked up at 10 and we hadn't been to bed. Yeah. So just right off that whole weekend it was brilliant though so i do like that aspect that i find horror very it brings you together communal. Yeah, yeah exactly it does i so one of my friends toby said something really interesting i'm very scared of watching horror films in the cinema even though i absolutely love horror films i always think oh no i'd be far too scared to watch in the cinema i'd rather watch at home when i've got my lights i've got my distractions i've got my home comfort and he said something which i really liked was when you go to watch it in the horror film horror film in the cinema obviously you're surrounded by loads of other people so it's communal but then you leave it once mm. you've left it's over so you leave that cinema and that horror film is in there and then you go about your day and you go back to your you know flat and your room and it's it's gone yeah you didn't watch it in that space it's over which made me kind of think oh okay actually maybe i could do horror in the cinema yeah it's a good way of looking at it to be fair because you associate things don't you if because i remember i watched annihilation and i had a panic attack after and now I'm really scared to watch it again. Even though I really enjoyed the film, but it made me feel just oh, really weird. Annihilation a really good film. That's a shame. It's a very stressful film, though. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I think it was other stuff going on, but I just felt... It wasn't... It, that film didn't give you... No. The uh, panic attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should that write film, to them and complain. Stop me swallowing properly. No, it wasn't that. I'm so glad we went back and watched this. I think I would give it the first five out of five I've ever given on Remember This. I mean, it's only been nine episodes, but still, this is the equivalent no, of the 11? pool. Is it 11? Maybe it is. 11. But giving it five out of five is the equivalent of the pool Hollywood handshake. I'd also say five out of five. Would you? Yeah. I, no, that's the equivalent. Both of us giving it five out of five is the equivalent of a pool Hollywood handshake on Bake Off. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I would. I'm sticking with my five. It's out amazing. Five. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. Good. It's really interesting. And when I was going through all the other episodes, I was like, oh, I really want to watch them now. In fact, I might. Yeah. It, it's very imaginative. And to have to come up with a whole different storyline and um, different characters for each episode is really impressive. I think. It's so hard to get it right when you're writing for kids mm -hmm. and they just have because you can go back now and watch it in our mid-20s, late-20s and enjoy it. I think what they did is they respected the audience. They respected yes. the audience to be mature. But respected it without being too overwhelming because I remember yeah. knowing that the vampire, too much was going on. Even I couldn't keep yeah. up and I'm bloody nearly 28. And I was like, well, what, wait, what's going on now? Whereas with Goosebumps, I think they got the right blend of having enough fantastical stuff but really grounded in reality. So you're like, oh, this could happen to you. Yeah. And I liked how, you know, in this episode, it was all like neighborhood and it was that community feel as well. Because, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? What was your favorite episode of Goosebumps, guys? Write in, let us know, because to be honest, I'd like to watch it and yeah. see, is this scary? Isn't this scary? Hmm. So please do write in. And as always, you can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts at Remember This, question mark. That really helps us out because it means that other people will discover it and we'll just keep building this little community we got going. It seems like a lot of you are enjoying it. So thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you so much. We really enjoy doing it. It's something we do in our spare time as a hobby. It's amazing going back and watching it because it brings up all these old memories that you think are filed away somewhere never to be seen again. I did stay up all night watching horror films and that was fun and Gemma won a Morticia Adams costume competition <laughs> and also um, Goosebumps first series is on Netflix if you want to check it out then I kind of would say go for it 
Also on YouTube as well, as always. Not that I'm promoting piracy, but... Staying true to your roots. I paid £12 to go to the cinema last night. It's a lot of money. But thank you so much for listening and for engaging with this podcast. We really do appreciate it. It really does make our day when we hear from you guys. And I hope you have a lovely week. Look out on Thursday because there will be a special one-off Halloween episode, which I'm so excited for. It's probably the main reason we actually started this podcast and what has always made me intrigued by TV shows I watched when I was younger all stems from this particular episode that will finish our halloween season and it'll be back to normal programming from monday i think it's the third of november we'll be back so the bonfire special you're gonna have a, two episodes this week enjoy and we'll be back next time thank you very much bye bye thank you